Locked on Boomer in the morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Lot taps it back to his own end. Final 10 seconds. Lightning are running out of time here. Stamp goes in the near it. corner. Is bumped by McCarr. Terrible call. Here's Kalorn at the near boards. Sweeps it forward to Perry at center ice. And this is over. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. They have won the Stanley Cup. Oh, you can feel it, can't you? Just the emotion pouring through. Oh, wait, that wasn't the... Oh, I see. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way to the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. Uh, they did it. They did it. <laughs> do, do we know who's doing color for them? Is the, is two it... seconds, one second. It's over. Uh, they did it. <laughs> is it Moser? He was doing something I don't, earlier. I don't know. Oh, I'm that was, not sure. There's exactly. a question. You know what, though? You got to, hey, love what you do, right? Those guys were having a blast last night. The Colorado Avalanche get it done in game six. 2-1 over Tampa Bay. Lifting Lord Stanley's mug on enemy soil in Amelie Arena. And they will be going, what was it, mile high or would it have taken the cup? Uh, and they will the lift cup. Lord Stanley a mile high. There you oh, go. there That's it is. That's what yeah. it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not easy being a color analyst, a color voice for sports or for, for hockey. It's not easy. No, I've heard that. Our next guest, he'll tell you all about it. He'll tell you just how hard it can be. Oh, boy. Jamie <laughs> Thomas from River City. Jamie, how are you, buddy? <laughs> You know what? Sometimes words just aren't enough, so you just go, oh. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or you can do the Phil Esposito and just, duh, terrible, that's uh, terrible. That's done. Duh. So, you know, <laughs> terrible call. Not as subtle, but it's uh, but it's there. Uh, how I, I don't know, how has it come to be that I we haven't talked in, in years? I don't know what how this has come to be. How are you? <laughs> I thought you hated the Jets, man. It's, <laughs> just... No, I <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things. I, uh, it's, it's good to catch up with you. The, uh, yeah, it's good. You know, yeah, thanks for. Jets are kind of in the news for not being in the news, but well, but you know what? Before we, yeah, you know, but before we get there, people from Calgary are familiar with you. Obviously, Sportsnet. You're mm-hmm. on the on the Flames broadcast. Kind of run us through the since we've last seen you in Calgary. What's been going on with you and your life? Oh, well, I got three kids. You know all about that. So. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grind, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like you start to repeat yourself quite a bit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's why we get into sports broadcasting, so we can not repeat ourselves, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I went to Toronto for a bit and worked at Sportsnet there and then uh, worked at on Hamilton for the Ticats on the radio network there and then uh, moved to Winnipeg, and I've been covering the Jets for – this is going to be year six coming up. So uh, I got the color analyst gig a couple of years ago um, after working on Jets TV for three years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I, I, the best part was when I got the color analyst job, it was <laughs> the COVID bubble. So I got to call the games from uh, a convention center, uh, the road games, and then the home games with, you know, you know, you know how awesome that was when there's nobody in the building. Yeah, it was great. Those ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the energy, you know, it was something else. What an experience. And then when we actually got to travel to the Jets' uh, second-round series to Montreal, I was like, you know, you, you're out of jail for the first time in your life, and Paul Edmonds and I were just like two little kids. Oh, my God, we're outside. Oh, my God, we're eating at a restaurant. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is great. in the building. Wow. <laughs> 3,500 yeah. people. 
somebody else made food for me. This is wild. <laughs> so I was, ex- I mean, we were talking about it earlier, not that I needed to explain to Matt, but being, when you're from yeah. a, when you're, it'd be the same thing if you're talking like the Green Bay Packers or if you're, or, or mm-hmm. you're a smaller market where the team yeah. means everything to the fans. And then maybe there's an opportunity to bring a homegrown boy or a homegrown person back to work for that team. Yeah. It got, it couldn't be much bigger than Barry Trotz, Stanley Cup champ, Jack Adams winner, one of the winningest guys ever to do it in the NHL to potentially come back to Manitoba where he's beloved. It, yeah. ro- it wrote itself, but it's not going to happen. Was the, the expectation mm-hmm. really seemed like this was going to happen? Was it a huge shock to you when you heard that Trotz said he's taking a year off instead? The only thing that surprised me, Boom, was the fact that Oh, sorry, it didn't surprise me because the longer it took, it just felt like something. There was lots of conversations or lots of thought process going on because money wasn't an issue. If Barry Trotz wanted, you know, commitment and stability, this is you know the Winnipeg Jets are the best place. If Paul Maurice doesn't step down, you have two coaches in eleven years. You've had the same general manager here the whole time since the Jets came back to Winnipeg, so all it, it all made sense that he would, but the longer it went by and then the announcement comes out the other day that he's just taking some time off. I mean, if you're, if you're still making $4 million um, to sit back and relax and take some time away and spend time with family and whatever things are going on within that family, I, I think anybody that has, you know, should understand that. But, you know, it's, it was the timing of it was odd because of what the, the announcement about Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted to test free agency in a couple of years. It just uh, it was kind of like a perfect storm of bad news, I guess, in some ways. But now you got to reset and look for your your next head coach, this hockey club, because it's to me it's still a a really good team that just underachieved last year, and now you just got to find the next guy to lead them. The one other thing that we'd heard about a lot with Trots that wherever the destination was going to be, potential management involvement was of interest, right. and it sounds like that was going to be the case if it came to fruition. Yeah, I mean, there there ties in more reasons for that's another one of those things where you've checked off a box and that goes into the if you want to be someplace for a long time like he was in Nashville, then there's another reason why if that's a possibility that's going to happen then you don't, you know, Barry Trotz has everything he would need right here back in Manitoba. So it's you know all the again like the, all the right things were there and it just seemed like it made sense with the way things shook down, you know, being released from his contract by the, or being released by the Islanders and stepping away from them and just all these things, the free beer for the rest of his life, all, everything, everything was like served on a platter. The whole world was talking about what Barry Trotz was going to get if he took the job of the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, as, as we know, it just hasn't turned out that way. And um, it's just the, the conversation around the office is always interesting. Maybe it's one year, you know, he comes back. I'm like, I, I just don't see any coach standing up to it sign for one year so Barry Trotz can come in a little bit later but um, stranger things have happened but I just think now it's you know the Jets have redoubled their focus and getting their next head coach here and with the draft just around the corner so what next Jamie do you think it's maybe a a bit of a holding pattern wait for Barry to make his decision or Mm. something else no it's, it's it's time to move on right it's it's unfortunate uh he clearly was the big catch um but you know that's another thing too like all these things are happening and every, the whole province was in a tizzy about this whole situation coming back. And it just felt, you know, everyone saying that whole attitude that trots are bust. It's, you just kind of felt like there's a lot of good co- coaching candidates out there. So now the jets move on and 
Um, I, you know, Scott O'Neill is, is a name clearly uh, played here, understands the, the city of Winnipeg, uh, the province of Manitoba, the expectations, the cold winters, all the thing that comes down with it. Uh, Rick Tockett's name's in there too. Jim Montgomery. There, there's some pretty good coaching candidates out there right now. And I understand, you know, you, you look at the Jets issues past couple of years as defensively and Barry Trotz would look to be the guy that could fix that. But now, like, like I said, you just, you look at the other guys and you go, there's still some great candidates out there, even though a lot of guys have gone by while you're waiting for Barry Trotz. Um, I just think that now you, you can't be sitting there going, Oh no, we only got this guy. That's not the way it's going to be. The Jets will do their job and have done their due diligence and will continue to do so and get a good solid head coach in here. It's uh, ready for this upcoming season. Any chance that Dave Lowry is back in any form? That that remains to be seen, right? Everybody's contract was up. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Dave Lowry was back. And listen, Dave Lowry was put into a really difficult position because I remember when he was hired, you know, there was a long conversation with his son, Adam, being here. And Paul Maurice had said, Adam Lowry has solidified himself as a third line center in the National Hockey League. He knows what he is. So now... There's no question about what type of player he is and what, where his dad would roll into this. And, and Dave said he came to the Jets to coach with Paul Maurice, not to coach the Jets. And I truly believe that. And the way things shook down last year, it just they could never get on a roll. And then it just I've just felt bad for the coaching staff because they just couldn't stay healthy. COVID kept kicking around all, all year long. Um, whenever they seemed to get on a roll, it would be this guy, this guy would be just two guys at a time here and there. Uh, not everybody at once. So um, it would not surprise me because I felt he did a good job in an extremely tough situation um, last year when he was uh, put in as the, the interim head coach of the Jets. So moving away from that, the mm. uh, the news last week, Pierre-Luc Dubois comes out and yeah. says uh, he's going to be testing free agency. Uh, not Not mm. in 13 days or whatever it is, but basically yeah. <laughs> in two years, letting it be known well in advance. So part of it is okay, that makes our negotiation or it makes our, our vision maybe a little bit clearer, but not usually, it's very rare that a player would do that this far out. What's your read on, on the Dubois situation? He had a career high in goals, nearly met it. He had 60 points, 61 is career high yeah. in, in points. Do you bring a guy back who's already basically said he wants out? It feels like there's... There's already just kind of some rumblings about what's going on in that locker room. Mark Shifley, maybe some, mm-hmm. you know, some discord there. I guess start with Dubois and how this in the short term ends up. He needs a contract because he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, I even go back to their last, like even with Mark Shifley and, and Pierre Luc Dubois, they they want to see what's going to happen, what the what the organization is going to do. And I find the timing of it weird. To me, it sounds like they're posturing and want you know to beef up the contract a little bit more. Uh, with the Win- Kevin Shoveldale up and the Winnipeg Jets. That, that's my read on it. Now, another thing, too, is salary cap legitimately could be going up a little bit higher in a couple of years, so I, you kind of understand from a player's perspective why he would want to test free agency at that time. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of time here between now and two summers from now for the Jets to get something settled down with Pierre-Luc Dubois you know, you you do you at this time you have Mark Shifley and Pierre Luc Dubois as your one two, or you can flip them over as your as your centerman. And I think that's really hard um, for Kevin Shoveldale to think of not having that because they worked so hard to get to this point and to have those two types of players up the middle for your hockey club. So um, I believe this will settle down a little bit um, once they start getting the training camp 
Uh, and if we're still talking about this next summer, then the issue gets a little bit more. But for the time being, I think there could be some games being played with the with the agents um, of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, Pat Brizon, I believe, is there, his, his agent. Um, that that that's where I think that's at, at this point. But man, it's it's just it was terrible timing. Um, and it's got a lot of people pretty upset around the old Manitoba capital right now. But I think this will settle down once we get closer to training camp and as the season starts. How are you feeling about Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley starting the season mm-hmm. both as Jets? Well, I think there's a lot of clearly the the news coming out from Frank Saravalli that the Jets are looking at possibly trading Blake Wheeler, and as we know, July one there's a five team limited trade list that he'll go to. Um, I mean, he's been here 11 years. Uh, they haven't won a Stanley Cup. Um, in that aspect, it would be strange to think of Blake Wheeler not being here. Uh, it would be odd, but he's still a you know when he's healthy, still a pretty good player. He got COVID early on and I think he had it the worst I'm not a doctor but he was out for a while and it, it didn't seem like he got his legs going and then when he started when Shifley Wheeler and Connor were reunited the Jets they, they, they started to play really well and Wheeler uh, hurts his knee in, in Vancouver and misses a significant amount of time when he comes back he started playing well point per game player again so he, I still think he can do that at this level is he slowing down a little bit absolutely uh, father time catches up to all of us but I still think there's value in Blake Wheeler but um, if it's bad that he's, I don't think it would be bad if he's back. Same thing with Mark Shifley. Um, he got COVID around the same time as Wheeler back in October. He admitted it took him a while to get his game back around Christmas. And then the Jets had, you know, as everybody else, the pause playing one game in nine days and it took him a while to get going. And then he started to get to going too. But I just think there's a lot, of, when you don't make the playoffs, the expectations were as high as they were. Everyone's looking for a fix. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna say which of those two players is gonna would be gone, in my opinion, it'd probably be Blake Wheeler because I just talked about how Jets don't like the idea of not having a one-two punch up the middle with Wheeler and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I'm not saying they should take trade Blake Wheeler, but if there's mm-hmm. a thought to make some cap space for Pierre-Luc Dubois or just a change all around the, of those two players, Blake Wheeler to me makes the most sense to, to be traded. What about Connor Hellebuck? That was an off year. Um, I, I think where we like, there's no question. It was obvious that was not the Connor Hellebuck that we've seen the last three years around here. And you know, Vesna Trophy guy candidate won it in 2020. It was just so strange to see him not play as well as he had in years past. And everyone's saying that they were giving up more chances. They, two years ago, when you know Dustin Bufflin retires and Tyler Myers is gone and uh, Ben Sherratt's gone. That was epic uh, opportunity. Like, if you're anybody playing the Winnipeg Jets, you're guaranteed, like, you're getting a good quality scoring chance every five minutes, it felt like, that year, because it was just patchwork on the blue line. Uh, that was a tremendous performance by Connor Hellebuck. So I think we, there's such a high level of expectation for him um, that last year was just shocking, because he would just let a goal in every once in a while. We're like, oh, man, he, he's got he, to make that save. So he's a new dad last year. Anybody that's had kids, you said the sleep patterns get wrecked up a little bit. We all have our routines in our lives, and especially goaltenders. I'm thinking maybe there was that adjustment, but that was not the Connor Hellebuck the Winnipeg Jets need. So I, to me, that was an aberration. He'll be better this upcoming season, and that should help the Jets out immeasurably. Chatting with Jamie Thomas, uh, Winnipeg Jet Radio out in Winnipeg. The, uh, the RFA situation, Mason Appleton, Dubois has mentioned – uh, Jansen mm. Harkins, Evgeny Svechnikov, all of them have arbitration rights. Uh, yeah. th- then some UFAs in there, Paul Stastny and that. Uh, 
what do you see? Because we're hearing that around the league, just because of the tight cap and maybe free agency mm-hmm. and all that, there might be some RFAs that don't get qualified. Are any of these four potentially in that spot and moving to unrestricted free agency on the 13th? What do you expect the Jets to be in terms of potential buyers? I think it'll be pretty quiet. Boom. Um, I, when I think about, so Paul Stastny, 20 goals last year, you know, 35 years old, pretty good player, but I just don't see a, a world where he fits in that way, especially if you're trying to find some cap space. Um, Mason Appleton was brought back here. Clearly, you know, he was, he had his best year before he went to Seattle, struggled when he was with the Kraken, brought back here. And the whole idea was to have him back on the third line with Adam Lowry. So I, Mason Appleton to me as a slam dunk will be back. Jansen Harkins had a challenging year um, with consistency last year. So every once in a while they throw him up in the top six or the top nine and he'd be okay. He had a great game in Chicago one night when on Andrew cops uh, final game as a jet um, had a couple of goals, but it just, the consistency was an issue. So if, you know, they might move on from him and then Evgeny Sveshnikov was, you know, he played on the top line with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois for a while. But then same thing, he would have massive consistency issues. He'd be great for a game and then have two or three pretty bad games. Um, great guy, uh, real well-liked in the dressing room. But I don't if, if they're trying to find ways to move on and they they got to start bringing guys up, right, There's from the Manitoba Moose that are going to start moving into the into the NHL. So uh, if, if there's anybody in those two or those three RFAs that you mentioned, Mason Appleton to me is the slam dunk guy who's going to be here. Sveshnikov and Harkins kind of carry some question marks about, and going into the summer. Cole Perfetti got his uh, yeah got his debut looked good first round pick finished on the IR mm-hmm. expect him to probably certainly contend if not grab a spot is there anybody else that can be uh, expected to graduate or make things difficult in terms of decisions I, I still think you know the same guys right and, and, and on the fourth line uh, your top six well, now now this all contingent on Blake Wheeler being around right. uh, and not and, and Mark Shifley right and depending what what you get back in that situation the only place I can you know you're looking on the blue line and you're trying to figure out okay Dylan Sandberg had a really good showing so what are they going to do in that aspect with him and Logan Stanley Logan Stanley had a tremendous first year in the NHL and then last year took a big step back and Dylan Sandberg this big six foot three kid 205 pounds comes in and has a pretty good rookie season um, and then really puts the pressure on because now you're not, you know, Brennan Dillon, you know, Josh Morrissey, Dillon DeMello, those guys aren't going anywhere. And Neil Pionk was, you know, beat up for the majority of last year. So he'll be better and ready to go last the next year. And then you have Nate Schmidt. So there's not a whole lot of room. So the question is, who is going to be that sixth defenseman? And, I, and a lot of people talk about Billy Hanela. That to me is a guy that could be on the move you know, is he part of the sweetener to move Blake Wheeler? Because Billy Hanela just had a really tough time last year. Uh, you know, of course, drafted 20th overall uh, in a trade with the New York Rangers. So it's, to me, the blue line is a log jam. They got to kind of figure out how they're going to loosen up that log jam to get some guys moving up in the American Hockey League. But up front, it's it's pretty set in stone right now. As I look at it, and let, you know, clearly Paul Staffney moving on, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that type of situation. You mentioned on the blue line there, Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon, both guys coming yeah. in, and it felt uh, around the league. I think a lot of people looked at the Jets. These are two solid additions. Neil Pionk probably a lot better than maybe we expected. Uh, you know, it felt like you're trading away, uh, you're trading away a stud to the New York Rangers. You take what you can get coming yeah. back. But I thought Pionk was strong. Dylan Demello was a good find. It felt like that was really going to set things up defensively. Mm-hmm. Did it work? 
I mean, I guess just report card, not some on the blue line, but certainly on on Schmidt and Dylan because I think maybe both we people expected a little more. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, no question. Like, there's they were not as good in their own end as they had to be, and I part of this is my guess. Part of Paul Maurice's frustrations was remember the first round series against Edmonton and the Jets did an admirable job shutting down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, right? That's part of the reason why they swept them in four games. Um, Connor Hellbuck being the other one. I think that they, the coaching staff and management saw that they could play a tight defensive game. And then that didn't carry over into the following season. So as much as we want to go, okay, Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt should have been better. I just think all around team defense could have been better. So, um, you know, that that to me is a, a strength in the organization. Do they have to be a little bit better? Sure. On the back end, absolutely. But I think what one of the biggest issues for them was that Neil Pionk was probably 60% of the guy that we've seen for two years here yeah. uh, in Winnipeg, right? And, and he was a big reason why they could shut down Connor McDavid because he's just so annoying. He's in your face. He's like constantly hitting you. He's just a gritty low you know lots of lower body strength guy that's going to get on your nerves for a long term amount of time and uh, I thought he was great so when he's not at his best and your top four is, is lessened and um, so uh, I think with his health being up next year you'll see a much better de- Jets defense and Brendan Dillon there's a lot more to him great guy in the dressing room uh, a lot of respect for him uh, very physical um, so maybe Nate Schmidt could have a better year next year as well, but I don't think he, those two are going anywhere because of their, their contracts first off, but you know, Brandon Dillon's a decent deal and, and Nate Schmidt's a little bit higher, so a little bit harder to move, but I just see a little bit more of the status quo in the back end for the jets outside of this, what they're going to do with Dylan Sandberg and Logan Stanley. Before I let you go, and you kind of said it at the start that this was a, a team that underachieved, and I think mm-hmm. I think what we're going to hear, and it's already begun the the storyline. One of the storylines coming out of Colorado was the patience shown by the GM and the ownership. So yeah, don't break it up. You believe what you have, and and run it back. Now Colorado's been closer to elite than anything else the last few years, but I wonder if it's the same for the Jets. You look at it and think Hellebuck's due for a bounce back. Defensively, we can be stronger. Nikolai Ehlers yeah. missed time. Shifley can bounce back. Connor has been absolute money. Unreal. And then if you Unreal. can if you can tighten up your bottom six and have a little, depending on what kind of coach you get in there, there's no reason to think that uh, this can't be a team that gets back in there and becomes the team you would expect, which is contending certainly for a playoff spot and winning a round or two. Yeah, and look no further than the Calgary Flames. That, that was a constant question towards the end of last year. Uh, it, listen, the the way, as you guys know, the way we had access to the players, it was two players at a time after a game. So then that, when they had been eliminated from the playoffs, it was a slow burn. It wasn't the last day of the season where you asked everybody the same questions. It was guys, two guys here, three guys there. Uh, and it just the constant question was, look, do you just look at what Calgary did? And, and their turnaround and the, the consistent answer was yes. I think a lot that a lot of people are look a lot of people within this organization are looking what happened for the Calgary Flames and Daryl Sutter last year or this past season and saying you can do this. And that's why, you know, when that turn the the idea of blowing something up is ridiculous because Nickel, you just I, we didn't get a chance to talk with Nikola Ehlers and, mm-hmm. and Kyle Connor. You just don't do that. They they built this organization to have this wide open window to have success. Connor Hellebuck's deal is up in two years. So is Mark Shifley's. Maybe in two years you start to rebuild what you have here. Um, but I don't see rebuilding it now as the right idea. It takes forever. Ask Ottawa. 
ask Buffalo what it's like every time you blow it up and try to restart again. That's, you know, with our markets, that's not going to fly, right? The yeah. patience levels aren't that high. And especially when you're trying to recoup your, some of your losses from COVID, I don't think blowing it up is the right idea to do that. And I, that's, that's not going to happen here in Winnipeg, at least for these next two seasons. Now, will you be going? I see two first round picks. Will you be going to the mm. draft? Will you be going to Montreal? Oh, man. Like, I tried. <laughs> it's just, we want the behind the scenes stuff. Apparently, I should have learned how to shoot, you know, like these camera guys. Are yeah. con- content is king, as we know, boo. Yeah. Like, the radio guys, the TV guys, it doesn't matter anymore. It's what can you put on Twitter? And I can't offer anything, but, so I'm not going to Montreal. Well, no, see, here's what it is, though. You would you would not struggle with content creation in Montreal. It's just none of it could go yeah. up on Jets.com. That's the problem. You want content? I'll give you content. <laughs> Check out my YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. My, Mom, don't look. What is OnlyFans? I don't know what that is. Sorry, what? Apparently. Hey, Jamie, man, it's good to talk to you as always. All right, uh, I, I miss you. It's been too long. Be good, all right? Too, buddy. All right. Yeah, come give me a hug sometime when yep. you come out here, right? Will do. See you, pal. <laughs> okay, see you, bud. Jamie Thomas out in Winnipeg, color analyst on Jets Radio. They did get that second uh, first-round pick, the cop, Andrew Cop. Yes. Man, I remember talking to Ken Weeb about that. I was like, should you? I wanted to kind of be there. Pretty good player. Uh... Trade him. Pick turns into a first round, so it's a little bit easier to, to swallow, I guess. But that's Dubois. Wants out. Shifley, there were some real weird kind of vibes coming Strange. out of that room. Paul Stastny had some real, not derogatory, but some telling statements about just did not sound like there was harmony in that dressing room. And Blake Wheeler, you can trade him. You can try and trade him. Good luck. He's 35. He's missing time on a consistent yearly annual, like a yearly basis now. Yep. No move, no trade. He's got a five-team list and is making 8.25 this year and next. And I don't get the feeling the Jets are a team that would be into salary retention unless the deal makes huge... So that's the thing. I just don't know what kind of a return would you be getting that you would eat salary. And like uh, Jamie said, you'd be looking at offloading somebody. Billy Hainala, Hainala just to... All of a sudden, you got that extra first-round pick, and you're wondering, is that what it takes? I don't know. So it took to get rid of Marlow. Probably find a way to absorb that 8.25. Because that's not a cap team. They don't spend to the cap. Nope. No, no, no. There you go. That is uh, that is Jamie Thomas. You know what? I, I'm going to forget. Parade day. July 8, coming up. Okay. Calgary Stampede Parade, one of the best parades that you could, in the world. Yeah. And it's back after a couple years hiatus. going to be better than ever. We've got a four-pack of seats just over just over there. No problem. Yeah. Yep. Reserved seating, some coffee, some little treats for you. You don't need to bring your lawn chairs. We've got it for you. A four-pack of seats. You can text in the correct answer at 960-960. Now, earlier this morning, I was talking about going to the draft, the uh-huh. year that Gabriel Landeskog was selected. Like, this is uh-huh. a mature young lad. He was already the captain of his junior team. The yep. question is, yep. what was his junior team? Oh, it was? One of the youngest captains in, uh, I believe, and the thing was, European-born as well. That was, it was very rarefied air. Came over and was named captain in his second year in North America. Boom. Captaincy. No problem. 17, no big deal. You're our guy. 
What was his junior team that he was a captain for prior to getting drafted? Text in at 96960. Correct answer. We're going to get you four seats to the big parade coming up in a couple weeks. Huzzah. Huzzah, indeed. What you want to talk about coming up? Sportsnet 960, the fan. A one to Les, drills it again, out to deep right field, over the head of Hernandez, off the top of the wall, and gone. Rowdy Tolez with his second two-run home run in consecutive at-bats. For the rest of Rowdy Tolez's career, I will always know when he hits a home run thanks to social media. Because he's your son. Because he's my boy. He's your little baby boy. You must be so proud to see him grow up so big, so strong. So fast. They grow oh, up do so they? fast, Matt. Yeah. So many really dingers. Do. Is so he the many. kid you're the most proud of? Uh, they're all my favorite, Matt. I've God. Never, nice would, swerve. Yeah. Great job. I would Still never. on your toes. Yeah. Guy's a pro. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how that goes. Hey, you know what? Uh, congratulations going out. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Not, what did I do? No, no, not you. you. What? To Malcolm. That's not me. Malcolm Richmond was our winner of a four-pack of seats Ooh. to go and watch the Stampede Parade coming up. He had the uh, the correct answer. I said, uh, you know, it was a while. I remember going back in time. I was at the NHL draft. I don't remember where it was, and I kind of forget what year it was. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Gabriel Landeskog was there, and he was one of the only kids who was draft eligible, was going to go high in the first round, that was already a captain in junior. He was the captain of the Kitchener Rangers. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, I think Pete DeBoer was his coach there. Oh, PDB. I seem to think that was his coach. That I would could, check out. I could probably check it out. Probably figure it out. Do a little clickety click. I was keeping something here. I'll I'll double back. On okay, it. yeah, for but, sure. Uh, it's not really that important. Yeah, Steve Spot. Now Spot ended up being a assistant for uh, Pete DeBoer. So, so you know, I know a little bit, but there's still so much I don't know, Matt. Yeah, <sighs> still you so know much what? that I don't know. So any anywho, uh, Malcolm had the correct answers. The Kitchener Rangers. He was the captain. Congrats to Malcolm. People will be in touch with you in time for the parade. July 8th. Watch everybody go by. Tomorrow. Is Kevin Costner going to be there? Yeah. Be well, leading, uh, leading the parade? Well, what's his name? John Dutton? Is that his name on that uh, is. the television program yeah. where he's the cowboy? That's right. You should watch. It's a good show. I haven't got around to it yet. What do you mean get around? What do you have in your life? I'm a super nerd. I watch all the geeky stuff. Yeah, I know you do. Sorry. I just finished watching the Herogasm episode of The Boys. Yeah, I don't know what any of that is. Yeah, it was good. Tomorrow, another chance for you to win four more seats to give away. Hooray. Yeah. We got them all week. We do. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great news. It is, yeah. Maybe I'll read the emails. Old, uh, yeah, Kevin Costner, the parade marshal. If anybody but Kale McCarr is on the back of a horse next year, I've got, somebody's got some serious splaining to do. I wonder if he'll... Because he'll be a flame Timing by then. Timing work out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you you're know, gonna be a, a flame by then. Being the next Flames captain. Well, you know. yeah. <laughs> It'll be him and Braden Point. Who's gonna wear the C? What a story, right? He goes fourth overall out of Brooks, and it's and now it's like, how did he? How did that happen? How Why did, was he in Brooks? Wanted to go college. Smaller guy. You get, you know, right? Yeah. Are you? It seems like it was the right move. Goes to Brooks. Goes to UMass. Hobie Baker. NHL. 
Uh, we're going to just throw him right into the playoffs. Just throw him right in. Six points in 10 games as a D-man. And this year, 86 points, 28 goals, another 29 points in 20 games in the playoffs, and the Norris, and the Conn Smythe, and the Stanley Cup. 23 years old. I mean, what's... Uh, 23 years old. I mean, that's great, Kale. Congrats, but you've set the bar almost Wait. unattainably high now. Yeah. Like, what happens next year if you don't win the Norris and the Conn Smythe? What you know if what? he's not a finalist? You went backwards, right? Not as good a year. What a bum. Unbelievable. Yeah. Five more years at $9 million. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll work. And even there, he's underpaid already. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, he signed nine, and then every other defenseman who's had a half-good season that was ready for a big deal got nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, the reason I, I had a, a, a web, I, you know what I did? I had a web page here that I wanted to uh, reference. You bookmarked it? I did, yeah. You have like a hundred tabs open like my father? No, I just, because I, if, then if I click away from it, I forget about it. Mm. But old Jared Bednar, the uh, the coach of the Colorado Avalanche, hot seat, right? He was, who, who might be the first coach fired this year? Oh, going yeah. Left? Well, if the Avalanche don't start uh, the right way. Uh, There's Jared Bednar, he's in trouble. I think he's in trouble. Well, 56 wins later. Oh. And then another 16 in the postseason. With how many losses? Uh, four. 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 So, Bednar, Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Becomes the first coach to ever win a Stanley Cup, uh-huh. a Calder Cup. Okay. And a Kelly Cup. Calder Cup, AHL. Kelly Cup, East Coast Hockey League. So, all of a sudden... A little bit of patience. Is that the sound of patience? What is that? Is it the patience whistle? And you're talking about Jared Bednar, now one of the most decorated and accomplished head coaches already of his generation. Pretty incredible to just go from one level to the next and continue to win because, you know, each of these leagues are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You have to manage different personalities, like the ECHL, commonly known as the jungle, can be Shed a little bit chaos. AHL, you got Still your kids, right you got your veterans who are trying to make it, and then you get the NHL, which is just, you're managing millionaires. This is my Joe Sakic. Was it Because he's patience. Yeah, no, I get it. That's really good. It's a great song. Right? Yeah, sure, hundred so percent. Yeah, without a doubt, it's a bop. Yeah, well, it's not a bop's. Ba- it's not a banger. What? You, so, what do you like? A, yeah, uh, it honks. Does it honk? <laughs> okay. Uh it honks. All uh, right. Yeah. Sportsnet today coming up after the top of the hour. Yeah, Maddie Rose. What do you want to know? I want to know what you're doing. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? We're gonna have Ben Pope on. Covers a Chicago Blackhawks. Do you think he calls the his he calls his car the Pope Mobile? Like his buddies have to call him halt the Pope Mobile, right? Are you picking me up in the Pope Mobile? Right? Another Family Guy reference. Well, it's no, it's he just, has an actual Pope Mobile. Well, yeah, there's a Pope Mobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he sits up on that lawn chair no, with the bulletproof the, glass. He does the wave. Yeah, yeah. The Queen wave. Yeah. Let me just rotate my hand 180 degrees with this cup. So is this the Pope or Ben Pope, the guy ben you're talking Pope. to? And who's no. Ben Pope? Is he? He covers the Blackhawks. Oh, I down see. Down in Chicago. That's nice. We're going to ask him, hey, 
You guys gonna announce this head coach down there or what? What's what's the deal? And also, well, didn't they? I don't think it got announced yet. I think it's oh, been reported, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. but it hasn't been Is it announced. Official. I'm probably get a press release today, but I couldn't find a press release. Boom! I found reports from multiple insiders. Yeah, they are going to name him, but have not. You know what it is? Here's what it is. You want to know what it is? I'm going to tell you what it is. What is it? What is it? What is it? It is respect for the Stanley Cup. How about this tweet from the Blackhawks 25 minutes ago? Today seems like a good day to announce some news. You see? What could it be? What could it be? So it's uh, hey Chicago. Go ahead. You're good. They handed out the thing. Go ahead. Your turn. You're up. You're up. So that's awesome. So we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him how long Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are going to remain Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. He has these answers. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. You're going to ask him. I, I don't know. What's the harm yeah. in asking? You got to shoot your shot. Ask you him know, about. Michael Scott said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That is what he said. Yeah. What you should really ask him, though, if you want is about Chicago dogs. Have you been to Chicago? No. The hot dog is big in Chicago. Chicago, they do it differently. They put kind of uh, celery salt on it and these little kind oh. of peppers. And don't you ever, uh-huh. ever, uh-huh. what put ketchup on a hot dog in Chicago, someone will come over and bite your face. Bite me right on the... Right on the nose. What? Yep. No. Yep. No ketchup? No ketchup. On hot dogs. Celery salt and... In Chi-Town. And peppers? Like banana peppers? Yeah, it's like little tiny... Uh, but I don't know if they're banana peppers they or what you call them. they have a little them, zip to them or well, more like a green pepper style? They are peppers. Well, green peppers don't have much zip. Well, it's not like... A, that's a bell pepper. These aren't bell These peppers. Are like hot spicy pepper? Mm. I'm going to show you. So, celery uh, salt. Mm, well, there you go. There's, like, there's, some, there's a you Google You know, I do image. like Caesars. Oh! Those pickles? You can put a, like a long pickle spear on yeah. there. You can put the peppers and the little. I think I believe it's, it's a still celery relish salt. and some onion on there. Oh yeah, man! Dang. Everything everything else is kind of. I mess around with a good pretzel bun too. But no. again, ketchup. You're gonna be throwing no hands. Dice, eh? You're gonna be throwing hands. Well, that's one town I don't want to catch hands. I think I had four hot dogs that day at Wrigley. That's not enough hot dogs. Boom! No wonder you're feeling sick. So good. Let's go to Chicago. All right, sure. All right. So ask him about what, what do you want to go? What makes a Chicago dog a Chicago dog? What, what do you, you got to do soon? Yeah, I'm gonna have some time on my hands real soon. <laughs> time for uh, what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. about. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Is Barrett Trotz the Manitoba version of Daryl Sutter in Calgary? Seems like a decent comparison. Um, I guess so. There's only one Trotz. There's a bunch of Sutters, but this that would have meant a lot to because here's the thing: there's not a lot of famous Manitobans. No. Aside from myself. Obviously. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? May as well right, toot right. your own horn. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Sure. Oh, oh. If you don't even hawk it, who else gonna? So it wasn't just that he was from there. Mm-hmm. He could have been the worst head coach in NHL history, and they'd still be proud of him. Oh, yeah. So he coached in the, he he was in the show. It. 
He can go to a big city and someone might recognize him. He went 0 and 83 and they only play 82 games, but he's from here and he was in the show. Like, that's what it is. It's a big deal. But he's also one of the best to do it. So it was going to be a big deal. Mm. It was going to be a big deal. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, this one just says sports peppers. I think, <laughs> I, I think the peppers are underutilized. I think we're afraid of peppers. I don't think that's an unfair take at all. I, I think people yeah, look think, at the pepper. And they think this thing's going to. Like, oh, I, I this don't thing like, might hurt my hoop. I don't, I don't like, avoid. Uh, I don't like spicy things. Well, no, it's a, it's a pickled pepper. You can oh, pick a pick yeah. a pick a pepper, pick, and they're delicious. Peter picked them. That's right. A whole pack. No, not a pack. A whole pack of pickled peppers. What did you think of Caudry's message after winning the cup? Awesome. Which part? Uh, yeah, it was it was decent. Such a roller coaster ride in terms of emotions. You know, obviously I break my hand. I think I'm done. Um, I came back. I couldn't even tie my own skates. Couldn't even tie my own skates. So I uh, shout out to the trainer, tying my skates before every game. I don't care. Whatever it took, I was going to be out here one way or another. As you have a lot of fans down in southern Ontario, London, of course, uh, Toronto, etc. What do you want to say to all those fans out there that have stuck with you and wanted to see you have this moment? I love you guys. I love you guys. That's all. Uh, that's all there is to be said. I mean, I've had supporters in my corner from day one, never wavered. And uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, oh, the old double bird salute. Whoa, Elliot liked it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know. That is uh that has given me laughter. Let him know. <laughs> On live TV. <laughs> my goodness. Oh dear my goodness. That was that was rich. Rich. That, that quite. My, quite. <laughs> oh my sides. My ribs, Nazem. Oh. Oh dear me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Comedy. Uh-huh. You going to coach the Jets? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not. Um, they are called Why? sports peppers on Chicago dogs. Okay, well, thank you. There you go. Thanks. Sports peppers? I still don't. Because here's the thing. They, but uh, do they only sell Chicago dogs at sports events? No. You, uh, they're... Again, so is it just a pepper if I buy it on the street and I'm just sightseeing? I don't know. Or is it a sport pepper then? I'm going to bite your face. Why? At this rate. What's happening? It's, I'm it's, just asking reasonable questions. Well, you're talking. You won't let me answer. You go to you Chicago. It's a thing where you go. It's like you go to Philly for mm-hmm. a Philadelphia cheesesteak. That's their thing. And Chicago, among deep, like there's deep, deep. I'm going to punch you. They have deep dish pizza and hot dogs. You go to the, there's you. All we sell you is hot dogs. You go to Chicago. You go on a, on a tour of hot dog places. Carts or stores? Both. Oh, my. Yeah. I love a good cart dog. You know what? I used to get cart dogs all the time before the pandemic on my walk to work. Are they gone? I haven't seen a cart dog in a long time down here. Oh, and just burn I just thought about your that. mouth because you're hammered. Oh, and they're lukewarm and the bun falls apart. Can I have a smoky? It's really hot. Be careful. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Oh, oh, oh. Falls out of your mouth. Yeah. Ow. Um, it's almost peeing season. That's when you see the hot dog carts right out and about. Coney dogs in Detroit over Chicago dogs all day. Goes for Detroit-style pizza as well. Now, I know uh-huh. uh, I've not heard. 
Detroit it, style pizza. What does that it's mean? a thing. I think it's got like this, there's sauce on top. It's in a. It's a thing. Thin, deep. Uh, not deep. Mm. Because Chicago deep dish, you're talking. It takes like 40 minutes, and it's Detroit it's a lot. You gotta want it. Stuff. And I don't know how I feel about it. Did you say Chicago I've had pizza it. deep Ch- dish Chicago takes 40 minutes to make because it's a it's a pie. Like it's a big yeah. undertaking. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. And the Coney Dogs in Detroit, I didn't know that they were a thing until I went to Vegas. And at that, uh, the D Hotel and Casino, they, uh, the guy, the owner, mm. he is, uh, they're from, I believe they're from Detroit, thus the D Hotel. And they have one of the restaurants, is the Coney Island or the Coney Dogs, right on, yes. uh, right on Fremont. I walked by that. There you go. I certainly did. That's why I'm here. Go to Portillo's for hot dogs, Giordano's for pizza in Chicago. I've been to Giordano's for the deep dish. I've also been to Lou Malnati's. Deep. She's deep. Get my pen out. Square pizza for the Detroit. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, square. Is that just the Illuminati? What did you say? Stop. The Lou Malnati's? Peppers Lou Malnati. Yeah. M-A-L. Lou Malnati. Not Illuminati. Peppers are great, very underrated. I think it's in the name. The word pepper is poorly branded and comes across as hot or spicy. Not always fair. I agree. Now, sometimes they are, but I, you know what I enjoy? Banana peppers. Oh, unbelievable. I'll put them on a sandwich. Hot dog. Damn right. Nachos. That should be our crusade. Is Let's take away the stigma from peppers. Yeah. Sure, we can start attacking the stigma of peppers. Because yeah, some of them. I mean, some of them are gonna very dangerous. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't want to just go around sliding habaneros every which way. But some of them, when you prepare them, that crazy heat leaves, and it just gives you a nice little one of these little punch of flavor. Right That's there. not going to translate just, to radio a ton, but it's kind of like a it's gripping just, motion. It cup, it's it cups them, and then sque- gives them a little, just a little squeeze. Boop, just a little boop, 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 one boop. of those. Yeah, a little pinch. Maddie, what were you eating when you got run over? Uh, I had I wasn't eating anything. I was texting, but I had a bag of Doritos ketchup chips. Yeah, of course. And one of the um, one of the nice root beers that they sell at the convenience store. I was treating myself. One of the night. Oh, like uh... yeah, one of the craft ones that come in like the portly little bottles. <laughs> you know. So I got hit by the car. Craft root beers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then you got hit, hit by, by the, the car. car. Yeah. Snacks go all over the place. Mm-hmm. I get up, obviously disarray because I've just been hit by a car. Um, Tough enough. Sure. Okay. I'm going to move on from that. Guy leaves. Fine. Whatever. Call the police. And as I'm on the phone with the police, I look over my shoulder and these two lovely gentlemen are just housing my snacks. Like, the bag has been ripped open, and yeah. he is up to his elbow in there, and the other dude is chugging my root beer. Oh. Just the icing on the cake. So was the so did it come in a glass bottle? Your yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, what, did he have a bottle opener on him, or was it well, open already? Well, it's still a twist. Or? Still a twist. Oh, okay. I can't remember the name of the brand for yeah, life of yeah. me right now, but kind of shorter bottles around. And, uh, yeah, they housed it. The cops came, and they're like, well, that's too bad. Good for you, I guess. Yeah, they probably knew you were fine. Yeah. And they probably and then, knew uh, that you uh, you had deep pockets. You'd be able to buy yeah. more chips and root beers. Yeah. You're full of root beer money. Yeah, you're right. That's all you are is root beer money. Yep. Yeah. I, 
I think. I Breakfast I is the most this. important hot dog of the day. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed to tell you, I I had one last week. I did the. Uh, you had a breakfast hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Left work. <laughs> well, here's how it goes. All right. Okay. It's yeah. Left work. Uh huh. Needed fuel in my vehicle. Uh huh. So where do you go? Oh, you go to one of those dogs. You go to Costco. Oh, that. thank God. Well, while I'm here, <laughs> hey, uh, text, do, do we need anything? I'm at Costco. I guess I could run in. Do we need anything? Uh, yeah, could you get this? Okay, well, that's $400 later. I was just going to... Mm. Uh, and it, I'd been really good. It had been months and months and months since I'd stopped. But I was weak. Buck 50. What the... What I was weak. Buck 50 and a drink? Man. What a heck of a deal. So, yeah. And I crushed that SOB. Almost went back for another one. Because it, no. it used to be. It used, you, it my thing used to be when I, when I, I, I mean, I'm still a slob, but when it was really bad, it was a two banger. It was two. And yeah, I'll take two, uh, I'll, I'll take two uh, drinks. Two too. sodas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. May as well. Because you know what it is? What? It looks like you're buying for somebody else. Oh. That's... Even if you were having two dogs, you don't need two drinks. No, no, I'll. I'll Yes, I'll take extra napkins for the person who I'm clearly <laughs> taking this <laughs> drink and hot dog for. <laughs> I don't regret it. No, why would you, man? So Life's great. short. Eat as many hot dogs as you can. Yeah. How's a hot dog, brother? May as well. So, coming up on the show tomorrow, Friendship Tuesdays. I believe everyone's in. I Brunt. Friendship Tuesdays. Frank Saravalli will be back at home. His, uh, his work is done. For a daily face-off. At the time to hibernate. Time to go home and get ready for the draft and free agency. So we'll talk to him. And then it'll be time to hibernate. And then uh, Nan Burke will join us in, I guess, it'll be hour three of the program. That's how that works. Sure. Why not? There we go. Another we'll do a Pinder report. It's another chance like three for you long. to win. Yeah, I know. A lot of Wimbledon to tell you about tomorrow, boom. Gross. A lot of Wimbledon. That is what you want to talk about. And it's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We'll see you tomorrow, buddies.